Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the June 4th edition of RoboGuard Radio. This is KZ's uh, birthday bash, as we're going to call it, since I'm becoming an old man this Sunday. I'll be turning 35. Uh, the first segment is brought to you by our friends at WrestleWarehouse.com. Uh, you need Lucha Libre masks, DVDs, T-shirts. Uh, you can get SoCal Pro DVDs. I, I highly recommend that stuff. Adam Pierce, the NWA World Heavyweight Champion, is on fire. You need to see his stuff from San Diego. Enough of the bullshit. I have on the line my personal favorite independent pro wrestler, the natural one, Michael Modest. Welcome to the show, brother. How you doing? Hey, brother. How you doing, man? Oh, it's a little windy up here in Northern California. Hey, man. San Bruno. Hey, I, I moved down from the freaking sticks. I lived up in the mountains for like three, four years, man. It was terrible. Bears, mountain lions, all that shit. And I moved back down to the Bay Area, man. And, and you know, up there, I had snow all the freaking time. And uh, so I moved back down here, and I tried to find the hottest place. My buddy's telling me, Livermore, Livermore. Man, it's like it's like a, a freaking uh, tornado's constantly blowing through here. No wonder they put the windmills right by freaking Livermore. Exactly. It's well, never it's, hot. It's global warming, man. The, the climate's gone to shit, so. But, you know. All right. Well, we're going we're gonna to start from the beginning. I'm, I'm going to ask you the standard question, Mike. How did you fall in love with the sport of pro wrestling? Man, I loved I loved pro wrestling when I was a kid. I, you know, I, I grew up on uh, Roy Shire's promotion and and uh, Ray Stevens, Pepper Gomez. My mom and dad hated wrestling, but uh, my uncle Rocky uh, Rocco he he loved it. And uh, you know, I, I I spent a lot of time at his house and. And I'd watch it when I was over there, and I'd hit him with pillows, pretending they were chairs and shit like that. And uh, one of my favorites was uh, Ray Stevens, and also uh, Lonnie Main was another one of my favorites from that from that time. And uh, so that's that's those are my first memories of professional wrestling. Oh, Ray the Crippler coming off the top with that knee drop, bombs away, man. Nothing. There what has a- never been a prettier finish. One of my favorite angles that they did, and I still remember it, is uh, Pepper Gomez, the man with the iron stomach. He had, they were doing this little demonstration, and they had like three jobbers out there climbing this ladder, and they jumped down on Pepper's stomach, you know, and and uh, you know didn't hurt Pepper's stomach, and he'd get up and he dusted off, and Stevens came came up, you know, came on, and he was like, hey, that that don't impress me. I mean, who are those guys? You know, they don't know, they don't even know how to jump. You know, I guarantee you, I jump off the ladder, and, you know, Stevens, you always talk to the side of his mouth. He says, I guarantee you, if I jump off of that ladder, yeah, I, I guarantee it hurts his stomach. And so Stevens climbs up there, Pepper lays down, Stevens jumps off, Pepper gets up, dusts it off, and they kind of go nose to nose. And Stevens is like, well, you know, well, 
I didn't go to the very top. I just went to the top last. I didn't go to the very top. If I went to the very top and jumped, that, that'd probably break his rib cage. So then, then Pepper lays down, he gives him another shot, and he gave him the bombs away from the fucking top of the ladder. And, uh, you know, it, it, was, it was played off to the hilt, man. I mean, you know, Pepper was out of wrestling. He had the fucking neck brace and the whole nine. It was, it was just great. Then they came back and sold out the Cow Palace right after. Mm-hmm. Around the loop. Man, those were the times. That's what's so, missing nowadays. Well, I'll tell you, man, you know what? I, I can just go on and on. I'm a talker, man, so if you don't mind, I'm just, I'm, I'm prob- I'll am i probably dance, like, on different subjects and shit. But I'm watching TNA the other week, man, and I couldn't fucking believe it. I couldn't fucking believe it. You have black machismo, right? And I kept hearing about this kid did a great macho man thing, and I thought it was like a, like a, a joke kind of thing, you know, and, and I thought, oh, that's kind of funny, you know, and, and he does a great job, you know, the the the, the workers – you know, he, he does a great job doing the savage thing. But I couldn't believe it. They're doing the fucking proposal thing, right? I was at that fucking show when he proposed at Arco Arena. And it was, I think it was for SummerSlam. And, and you know, the, the kid did it perfect and, and the girl saying, oh, yes. It was like verbatim, right? Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Will you, will you marry me? And then she says, oh, yeah. Right? And I, I'm like, what the fuck? Is this a, is this a, like a, a broad, a rebroad, am I in like bizarro wrestling world? Like, what is going on here? And then they got Abyss, right? And he's wrapped up. He looks like Vic Grimes. He looks like a cross between Vic Grimes and Mankind. I mean, there is no doubt in my mind that they bit that freaking costume from Vicious Vic Grimes. And Jim Cornette, he had a lot of, you know, he, he knew Vic, Vic Grimes. And, and, and I'm watching this, this promo this guy's doing, right? And he's doing the mankind. Let me tell you, the doctors, they came in and they said, I'm getting better. I fooled them. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Are they paying someone to write this shit? It's fucking plagiar- plagiarism. What the fuck? How do they think that's going to draw people? Who the fuck is going to come watch something they've already seen on videotape 50 fucking times? What the fuck is wrong with TNA? <laughs> Jesus. Welcome to the Michael Modest Show. <laughs> hey, man, I'm talking, you know, Terry Taylor's a friend of mine, you know, I don't know, I don't think he has much control over there, because I know Terry knows better than to do shit like that. It's not him. My God, they, they, I could not believe it. It's the same damn thing I saw 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And I'm like, and they're, but they have a writing staff. That's the thing. Hey, you want to talk about leakage? You want to talk about financial leakage in a company? Talk, try a writing staff that the best thing they can do is come up with shit from 15 years ago. And, and copy it verbatim. I can't even believe it. Anyways, I had actually, you know what? I'm standing outside of an office, Max, and I actually had to get out of my van and walk because that pissed me off so bad. I've been waiting to get that off my chest. <laughs> hey, I don't blame you. I, I don't blame you. It, 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 it's amazing. They have this two-hour time slot every week, and they do shit like that. You know, and then check this out. So check this out. 
I see this kid, this, uh, I'm watching WWE, and I see this kid, uh, Kennedy. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yes, of course. Kennedy? That guy's fucking, he's, he's a hell of a worker. He's got a great look. Uh, I, I, I just, man, I think he's a hell of a worker, right? Now, I don't know, like, this, this surprised the shit out of me because I haven't been in a WWE locker room in many, many years. You know, once I decided that I was past being a fucking job boy, you know, that was it, you know. And, um, but, so I'm telling, I'm telling my buddy Frank Murdoch, I go, I go, man, you should see this Kennedy guy, man. He's, he's a hell of a worker. I go, God damn, he had a, he had a great match. He wrestled this guy. Oh, man, the guy's got, like, bad teeth. It's like an Isaac Yankum kind of ripoff, Snitsky. but he's like Snitsky, yeah. yeah. And um, but he's not a dentist, you know. That's the only thing. But he's got the bad teeth. And uh, so this guy, they, I mean, great psychology in the match, fucking killer match. And then Frank tells me, I, I'm telling him about this match, and Frank goes, "Well, it ought to have been good." He goes, "Shit." He goes, "It's been a while since you've been in a WWE locker room." I go, "Yeah." And he goes, "They always have an agent walk through the whole fucking match with everybody." Like, from start to finish, a fucking agent walks through the match. So, I mean, damn near a retard, you know, if they had just a little training, could pull it off, you know. And um, the, the thing with Kennedy is that I've followed him since 2002, 2001 in the Midwest, and he was really talented, and he, he can go. He is not a joke. He, 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 he's got to be talented because I, I watched him, and I, I refuse to believe that everything I saw in that match was was just because of uh you know someone walking through it with them maybe they have somebody giving them pointers and stuff but i i really thought the world of his work and you know what most of those guys have to have done something impressive to have gotten to the dance in the first place mm-hmm. exactly well he he did his time you know as the job boy on on heat and and the other you know uh b shows and whatnot and he he paid his dues yeah and you know he is he's exceptional and well, I don't know much about his about his whole career. I I fell out of touch with everything when I was wrestling in Japan. But I, he he made he made a mistake as far as the media is concerned, and and they're just starting to build him back up. So, mm. you know, he he ran his mouth, and then he failed a drug test. So, he's you know he's coming back. You know. He's, oh Jesus! He's what did they find? What did they find? Marijuana or or uh, steroids? Steroids. 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 Ooh. I feel, you know what? I feel so bad for Vince McMahon. I'll tell you what, I really do. I feel bad for Vince McMahon. And, and, you know, I've heard many people say never feel bad for a millionaire, but I feel bad for him because he's, he's the fucking victim of a witch hunt. And, and every, every sport really right now, the, you know, everybody, the government's really cracking down on this, this super dangerous drug. You know, it's, it's dangerous because people don't know what the hell they're doing. They take way too much thinking that more is, is better. You know, it's dangerous and those things, you know, the same as like Zoloft is dangerous. It turned my, my ex-wife into a fucking zombie. I mean, you know, she took Zoloft three years and she went into a, you know, she's a different fucking person now. And, and maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. But uh, I, she's not technically my ex-wife. We're just, we're in the middle of all that fun shit right now. But, uh, you know, it, you know, people, people take all kinds of drugs, you know, Vicodin, Somas, uh, you know, as long as it's, as long as it's legal and it's controlled by, by the drug companies, it seems to be fine, you know, and, and that people like my, my good friend Crash dies of a, of a overdose from Somas, right? Which I've taken those and I've taken them for the high too. And, and I happen to know that, 
you kind of forget how many you fucking took and you, you fuck up. And, and, and I think that's what happened to crash. You know, I've heard people say he committed suicide. I don't think so. Crash was a crash was such a solid fucking drinker. That fucking guy would drink a bottle of Southern comfort and, and he was alone by himself and he just got, he, he got too fucking happy with the pills and, and he, he ended up fucking overdoing it, you know, and, and WWE again, I could just go on and on, man. I'm telling you, WWE, they didn't even give him a, a decent tribute, man, because, you know, they were so afraid of the, the media. It, it really sucked. I have to but, agree. But, but I, you I know, completely... back, back to the steroids, man. It's like, you know, it's the, Jesse the Body, I, I think he was the one that said this, coined this phrase. Maybe it wasn't. I, I might be totally misphrasing, but whatever. Um, he, somebody said, uh, the pro- you know what the biggest problem with steroids is? And the interviewer said, what? And he says, uh, they work. You know, and that's the truth, man. They do. They, they freaking work. And, and it's like, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not on anything right now. And, um, you know, that seems to be the way the business is, is trying to go. And it's kind of a good thing, you know, trying to keep people healthy and whatever. But, but I, I, I think instead of the government always trying to outlaw shit, why don't they try, you know, legalizing it, making it, you know, a prescription drug so you can control, you can have a doctor that, that explains to people what they really need to be taking and, and, you know, they're not just reading uh, muscle mags, you know, to get their information or, or, or jumping on the Internet. They can actually speak to a doctor about it, you know. And then I think you'd find a lot less health problems from steroids. Yeah. Well, you're, but anyway, you're, there's, you're, there's my two cents on steroids. Uh, you're, you're bringing up um, the legalization of some certain drugs. Um, I do have a message from a friend of yours that's residing currently in the Chicagoland area, Mr. Sal Tomaselli. Sally Sack was on the show yesterday. He wanted me to tell you a big hello, and he misses you, and he'll be seeing you next month. Um, right on. Sal, Sal, like myself, Vito, and, and plenty of others, we do believe in the legalization of marijuana because I feel that it's, it's a better pain reliever than, say, your, your typical other gimmicks. And right. And you choose to take, take whatever you need to do, okay, it's when it becomes a problem, you know, that's cool. I understand you guys beat yourselves up so many nights out of the year. I understand that, and, I mean, I've, I've bumped in the ring myself. So I, I understand what you guys go through, and I will never, ever knock anyone for taking care of themselves. Right, I, and, but, you know, and the, thing is, the thing is, you know, the, the abuse of drugs, you know, that happens over a period of time, and, and you know, we're all human beings. Every, everybody, you know, like, I'm not afraid to say, shit, I've abused some pain pills, you know, especially when I was in a lot of freaking pain, you know, and, and you know, it's like, that doesn't make me a bad guy, it just makes me slightly imperfect, which I'm pretty sure we all are, you know, but, uh, yeah, it's like, it's, it's like, okay, for instance, you go down a, you go down a drug aisle, okay, you, you go to Long's or Walgreens or whatever, and you go down the aisle, and you're looking at sunburn medications, you'll find that almost... Every single one of those sunburn medications, the number one ingredient is aloe vera. And it grows quite naturally, quite easily. It's a very easy, hardy plant. It'll grow in almost every, any kind of climate. It'll, it'll survive the cold. And uh, so I just started buying aloe vera, man. That's what I use when I get my bald head burned. I just use aloe vera, and, you know, it saves me a shitload at the, at the damn pharmacy. But, it, but it's, you know, it's true. It's like, God, you know, you don't want a painkiller out there that grows very easily and it's hardy. You know that would that would d- devastate the the drug market, the drug industry. 
they're 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 really making a killing off the of painkillers. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. You know, I've always been a proponent of, of the medicinal use of, of of marijuana, not to mention the social use, but that that's something different. But uh <clears throat> Oh, All right, are, so back back to wrestling, man. Yeah, I'm <laughs> back to wrestling. Okay. I'm going to get off you, my soapbox. <laughs> so you broke in 91. Who originally, we, we, we know that you were trained twice. So Right. Actually, who, I, you know, I've been trained by so many guys, even guys that never even knew they trained me. Like, uh, you know, I'm a big believer in watching all the matches. Mm-hmm. I, I wrestled on an indie show not too long ago, and, and, uh, you know, I pulled a fucking total rookie mistake. I fucking forgot my knee pads. But, you know, you got to give me a little little space. You know, it was my first time getting down from the mountain in, in three years. And, uh, you know, my wife had left me and took my kids and all that shit. So I forgot my knee pads, you know, sue me. But uh, so I asked one of the guys that I that I kind of know. I consider him a friend. I think he's a good worker. He's like this, this chic kind of guy. He's got like a chic gimmick and stuff. I won't say his name. He probably knows who, I, who he is if he's listening. But he's a nice, real nice guy. And I asked him, I said, hey, man, you know, could I use your knee pads? I'm in the main. You're in the fucking uh, opener. Shit, works out, right? And he goes, oh, well, I'm not staying to watch the matches. I, you know, I'll be leaving right away. And, and I was like, I was like, well, of course you would. You wouldn't have anything to learn from me. Well, hold you on, know. Mike. Mike, Mike, I'm going to cut you off. Now, it may be possible that this gentleman was working a double shot because if this was the night I remember, there were five shows that night in the Bay Area. Uh, you know what? He wasn't because oh, he, did, he, wasn't. He, did end up, he did end up staying for the whole show. Oh, okay. And, um, and, uh, I get the benefit of the doubt because I know that was a busy night for a season. Right, but I, I think quote, unquote, yeah, dead. I think he got. I think he got my. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, th- that's a good fucking point, man. There's promotions everywhere. There's there's indie promotions everywhere. I mean, it's as close to the the territory days as you're likely to get for quite some time. But I still think that's coming because more and more people are gonna gonna you know turn to it for for entertainment. You know, and, and the thing is, the UFC thing, it's the hot thing right now. It's, 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 it's a legitimate fucking fight. Um, I mean, even though I'm sure there's fixes and all that shit, too, um, you know, it, it's, it's a legitimate fighting style, and they're throwing, you know. And, um, and wrestling just isn't as believable, you know. And yet, you know, the wrestling business is still kind of, in a way, trying to protect itself. I don't know. It's a weird business. But... uh Okay, so so you asked him so anyway, for the pad. Yeah, so, sorry, so I, I, I told him, I, I, you know, so anyways, he got my hand. He ended up staying. I used his pads, had a good match. And, and, Who did you, you work? Know, uh, I worked Super Diablo. There you go. That's a, that's which, a area name for you. Which was really cool because I hadn't wrestled him um, since I wrestled for APW, All Pro Wrestling, back in the day. So... It was that was really fun to be able to work him, and um, but my point was that you know I watch all the matches at least as many as I can in between doing what I need to do to prepare for my match, and I I learned so much from even the worst fucking workers. I'll see I'll see the worst worker in the world and he'll do something that actually was good. He'll do some one thing in his match, just the way he sells something or the way he takes a bump, or just something. And I'll pull it away, and I'll go, wow, that was fucking good. He doesn't have a chance of making it in this business, but you know what? I'm pretty talented. I'll take that one little thing. 
And it's usually not a move. A lot of people bite moves, you know. I, 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 that's not really my main thing. I, I like the simple shit that makes sense and that, that makes it very believable. Uh, you know, that's what I get off to. I like, I like that kind of small stuff. But, but so, you know, you were saying I've been trained by two different people. I was originally trained by Jerry Monty. And um, Jerry ran a school out of the same building as Woody Farmer. So there was two schools operating out of the same building. So you can, you know, you know that went over like a fart in church. It, you know, really didn't work all that well for those guys. But for me, it worked really well because I, you know, I saw the politics real quick. And, and um, I learned a lot more because I was learning from two different sources that taught different ways. And, and uh, Jerry had a very... Uh, Jerry Monty had a very lackadaisical kind of approach to training. Um, you know, he'd watch the football game, and every once in a while he'd come out and watch us for 10 minutes, and he'd say, no, yeah, Mike, you know, work the left side, you know, or whatever, you know, some little little tidbit here and there. Um, and then uh, Rick Thompson ended up coming in, in uh, training with Jerry, and Rick was the first guy who really gave me real training. Honest to God drills and push-ups and teach you how to throw a drop kick and you throw it a hundred times and then you finally get it right you know the kind of thing it was like rick rick was real repetitive in in the in his approach and 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 really had a system you know and and everybody else kind of didn't at the time and uh and so so i guess jerry woody rick thompson and then you know i've I've got training from people like Manny Fernandez, Alexis Smirnoff. You know, I mean, all of these guys are important. Harley Race, I mean, that guy just, he told me a wild story about a mistress he had in Japan um, that really fucked up one of his marriages, you know, and shit, to me, that was valuable training. You know, kept me kept me faithful in Japan, and uh, a lot of good it did me. My wife always accused me of fucking around and said I had girlfriends, but I was faithful in Japan. Well, it's kind of tough to explain when you're when you're on board tours a year, right? You know, really. Uh, well, okay, we're gonna skip over a bunch of stuff. Um, I had Sal on the on the show yesterday, and we discussed your boy Bison Smith, and mm-hmm. he is still still going six tours a year. You know, he's do, still doing the Puerto Rico thing. He comes home one day after a tour, takes a shit, and then leaves the next morning. Um, let Let's talk about Bison as far as as I know he's a personal friend of yours, and you guys have been in business together, you've worked together uh, here and in, in Japan. Um, what are your all-around feelings on Mark? Bison's awesome. He's, a, he's an awesome athlete. He's an incredible wrestler. Um, he's a good friend. Um, I, I, you know, he's just one of those people. I don't really have anything bad to say about the guy. He's, he's awesome. He's a bit of a nut, you know, but shit, so am I. No. So. I I've never heard anyone say a bad word about Bison. Mm-mm. Ever. No, and you know it's funny because I've had people from the business ask me about him and and talking. But he's he's kind of a he's kind of I guess happy where he is. He's he, you know he's working in Japan. He's working Puerto Rico, and um, he doesn't really have to have the stress of just that one job. Like to me, one of the worst mistakes I ever made was when I was when I was working in Japan. The first couple of years, I went so often, I burned myself out, and I lost touch with wrestling here in the states, and and so it was like my name my name value died off here, 
and uh, you know it, it, it kind of hurt my career in the long run to be pinned down by one company because then they you know they 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 can use you up and spit you out and um, and so he's actually got a pretty good deal right now working working that way and it also gives him a little flexibility on what tours he wants to work and what tours he doesn't want to work you know because maybe he wants to be in Puerto Rico and Puerto Rico's got a two week tour going instead of Japan's four week tour and he doesn't really want to be in Japan for four weeks you know so it's like the two promotions kind of work together so it just you know, worked out really well for him yeah he's i feel that that he needs to come home for a little while take 3 months off from from Noah uh freshen up and i think he's primed and ready for a run you know with Morishima for the for the title um it's time to have a Gaijin champion um they haven't had one since Vader so well, I'll tell you, okay, now I'm going to talk shit about fucking Noah. Here's Noah's deal, man. It's a racist fucking company. You look at you look at their champions that, that have been gaijin, like Vader, um, Scorpio and Vader when they were uh, tag champs, and me when I was the GHC junior champion. They fuck you. What, what happens is they give you the title, and then they hide you. You're not in the magazines. You don't defend the title in Japan. The first time you defend that title, you can almost guarantee that's the night you're losing it. I mean, Jesus, the ROH guys go over there, they win a title at the beginning of the tour and lose it by the end. Because now Noah's like, well, fuck, we're not even going to let anybody, any of the guys leave with the fucking title. And it's, it's just, it's bullshit. It's so, that they, it's so that when you wrestle, like, okay, so Vader, Vader wins the title. It's so that they can say when Vader is tagging with me, they can say Vader, you know, ex, you know you know, previous champion, blah, blah, blah. It just makes Vader look better without actually giving him any fan appeal. Hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So the, the, fans, the fans never really uh, grasp you or hold you in their heart as a champion, but yet technically you were. So they pretty much used the Gaijin as transitional champions, and, and it's done in such a way just to put over the fucking Japanese. Um, when I was the GHC junior belt, uh, champion, you know, they let me defend it over here, you know, at iron shows, whoopty fucking do in front of 200 people. And, uh, and, but when I went over to Japan, I never defended it. You know, every once in a while they, they bring it to a show and let me walk out with it. And I'd be like, well, this is fucking corny. You know, the belt's not even up for grabs. You know, I mean, this is lame. You know, I'm, I don't even have a title shot coming. Shit, I think I was like the GHC junior for like six months or something like that. And in that time, I never defended it, not one time in Japan. Um, they did one small spread on me in each magazine. It was a one-page, you know, or two-page thing. Um, you know, whereas most of the Japanese guys, when there's a, a title change, you know, there's like a four-page, five-page spread. They did a little two-page deal. And um, so I finally, you know, I, I was watching the show opener one day. Right, it was, we had a brand new show opener, and this is after I'd had the belt for a little while and stuff. And I'm watching the show opener, and it shows Kobashi, the heavyweight champion. He's doing all these freaking chops and beating the shit out of these guys, right, and bumping them on their heads. And 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 then his belt comes across the screen. It says GHC heavyweight champion. And then and then it shows uh, um, Kobashi and Honda. And they're both beating people up. Oh, my God, they're tossing people left and right, right? And then it shows the tag belts 
come across the screen, right? GHG Tag Champions. And then it shows Marfuji and Kenta, and they're doing all these flip-flops and, and drop-kicking people in their eye and all this great stuff. And then it says GHC Junior Tag Champs. And then the show started. And I was like, what the fuck? I can't believe it. I can't fucking believe it. They just left my belt off of the fucking the promo, the, the, the fucking start of the show. And so the, that day, the next day, I went into the fucking, uh, went in the locker room and I talked to Ogawa. And uh, Ogawa's like Masawa's right-hand man. And I talked to Ogawa and I said, hey, man. I said, I, I watched the show opener. I said, pretty impressive. I said, fuck, you know, everybody's tossing people on their heads. And I said, hey, but I didn't see the GHC heavy, or junior, you know, heavyweight, the singles. I said, what happened? And he goes, oh, I don't know. And I pointed to my skin and I said, oh, come on. I said, you know what happened. It's because I'm gaijing. I'm a white boy. And I, I said, please, you speak to the boss. Tell him, please, I don't want this belt anymore. You know, if you're going to fucking hide me, I mean, Jesus, it's embarrassing. You know? So they, then, then he came back like 10 minutes later and he says, okay, next tour you, you lose to Segura. And I was like, thank God. It had a hell of a match with Segura, man. That was a that was a really good match. If I was going to lose it to anybody, he was one of, you know, he'd be my top choice. Yeah, he's Maybe. good. Yeah, he's, he's a great he's great wrestler. He's, yeah, and I'll tell you what, man, amazingly strong. He's not even much bigger than me, but he's probably twice as strong. I mean, that that guy is a strong son of a gun. Yeah, he they he just finished up a a tag run with with Marufuji, and they dropped yeah. titles to. Bison and Saito, if I remember right. Yeah. Does <clears throat> Bison me happy? Now, do they still have the belts, Bison and, and Saito? Yes, sir. Oh, right. Has Bison been on another tour since then? Yes, sir. Oh, that's awesome. I cannot believe it. That's the first. Hey, you know what? I got to retract everything I said about Noah. Now, <laughs> now they're okay in my book. I, I I really feel that 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 the Noah fans they're they're hungry for for Bison. You know he gets the Brody reaction when he comes out. Of course, he's he's incredible. He's he awesome. He's amazing. He I've seen him work. You know with with little guys, big guys, guys that have no business in a Noah ring. But that guy is he, he is truly amazing. Well, you and, know what. Not to tap, not to pat myself on the back, but you know why he's so damn good. He was trained by you, Mike. That's right. It was because I trained him. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, though, you know that old saying: you can lead a horse to water. Yeah, you know. I hear you. So I mean, Bison had to, you know, he 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 ultimately he's the one responsible for all of his success. Well, he had but, the tools. Uh, you know, he but, had the physical tools. You know, the guy's it. a conditioning freak. Yeah, he's amazing. You know. He he has never been quote unquote hurt. Well, he was hurt in the King of Indies tournament with APW. He hurt. That's me. about it. That's <laughs> right. about it. Now, well, okay. You mentioned the King of Indies. Um, it the King of Indies. The whole idea spawned. No matter what the fuck Feinstein says, it spawned ROH, and that's the truth. He, that's right. That's I, totally and he true. He fell in love. Um. Now I was surprised that that you didn't win it the second year. Um, was it political, or they figured we'll we'll, we'll put it on a, on a, someone else here? Or I mean, you could have at least made it to the final. 
Uh, what, yeah. what was Roland's thought, thought process in booking that? You know what, man? That was a couple of joints ago. What was what was uh, who did I who did I I I didn't even know for sure that I worked the King of Indies too. You had Pierce in the first. Oh round. yeah. No. Um, no. I think I think what it was was I. I kind of did a little of my own booking and, and helped with the booking of the shows. Mm-hmm. And um, if I remember right, if I remember right, I chose to, to lose to Adam because I think I was already working in Japan, wasn't I? I believe I was. Pretty close. Yeah. Pretty close. And because so that was I, around the time that, that Harley and the other guys came out here and, and did the, the tryouts. So you may right. have been on your way out. And I right. think that uh, don't quote me on this, but I think they put uh, Danielson over because he was going to replace you as far as training. No, see, okay, yeah, I remember this whole this whole time. I wasn't training at the time. I was I was coming in and working out, and I would you know give my two cents. But Donovan was actually doing the training. Donovan and Vinny Massaro, and um, and so you that was kind of like a screw job to Donovan, and um. And so, and Roland kind of did it behind his back too, and so that's what that whole deal was. Okay, so then you guys ran away to Noah and became world stars. So I think yeah. you came out. I think you came out on top of that deal. And and for those that are listening, this is not going to be a burial of Roland Alexander. That guy's got enough problems. We're not going to bury the guy. Hey, you know what, man? What, whatever people you know think about the guy. Roland's a Roland's a good human being, man. He, you know, he's, he's as imperfect as I am, but but he's a good person. And he's not, he's not a bad guy. The, the problem, his only problem is that he's a promoter. There promoters promoters all have to get maximum value for their dollar. They they want they want maximum performance for minimum pay. You know, that's just the nature of that beast. And uh, you know, so he'll try to bleed you dry if he can. You know. But uh, yeah, I, I went to dinner actually with him not too long ago, and uh, we just talked about old times. You know, he's he's got bad health right now, and and I wish him the best. He's he's a good good person. Okay, let's see. Uh, we're gonna skip over the early part. Uh, we're gonna get right back right to '96. Uh, you know what the hell with '96? We're gonna go to '97. Uh. Actually, you know what? No, we'll, we'll go 96, June 29th, 96. You were in, you were in the gym, and it was a gym war show, and you got in the ring with a young Matt Heisen. Um, yeah. You guys, man. the All Pro Wrestling School broke in Matt Heisen. He was your first big, big name to, to, you know, to drop out of the nest. Um, let's let's talk about Little Spike. Um, how was he training, and and did you did you see something in Matt? Right away, man. Uh, Spike Dudley, Matt Matt Heisen, Matt. Right away from from day one, he he had a natural knack for amateur wrestling, and and he was tough as hell. I mean, you you just beat the shit out of that kid, and he'd keep coming back. Um, you know, uh, and a good person, like you know, just a good good soul, and uh, had just a great attitude. Everything about Matt was just fucking perfect. Um, the only complaint I ever had about Matt had nothing to do with Matt; it had everything to do with Roland. Um, you know, pushing him over big guys constantly. You know, um, Roland, I'll tell you, APW was so ahead of its time. We we were already pushing small guys 
before it became the in thing, before even like a, a one, two, three kid, lightning kid, you know, before even that shit, um, you know, we were already pushing uh, the small guy. And um, yeah, Matt was a great, great, great athlete. Um, funny story was uh, he was learning how to do moonsaults. And I was, I was helping guide him over on the moonsaults, right? And then he was hitting them perfect all on his own. And he was, I mean, hitting that bag perfect every freaking time. And, and Matt was really excited and he came up and he thanked me for, for helping him, you know, and, and he said, uh, now all that's left is for me to do it on a real body. And I said, well, shit, why wait? Let's do it now. And I slid into the fucking ring and he was a little apprehensive, you know, but I was like, fuck it, man, get up there. I said, you, you know, you hit that bag perfect every time. And, uh, Max Justice was there. Um, and, uh, couple other guys um anyways so matt hits that moonsault and man he missed it dude he came down with both knees in my face knocked me out um put my bottom teeth through my bottom lip um down down low on my bottom lip and uh my lip was actually stuck on my teeth they were actually poking through and uh as i came to max justice was uh pulling and tugging at my lip to to get it off because I was trying to talk or something and it was ripping my, my, my face even more. But uh, if you noticed, after that, Spike gave up on the moonsault. And it's kind of a bummer because he, he did hit it perfect. And then that, But after hitting me, he, he, he was gun shy with that one. Well, you know, he was a bump machine. And he, yeah. he still is. He, he, it's just it's amazing, you know, just the like uh, the matches in 98 in ECW with him and Bigelow, where Bigelow was throwing this, this skinny guy around all over. It looks like he's killing him. And right. it's just amazing. And, you know, I, I don't I don't know what, what Matt's doing now. I heard he opened a school on the East Coast, and, and he's working shots out there. But um, it's kind of a shame that, that he's not – well, you know what, though? He is passing on the knowledge that he did learn from you guys. So yeah. I got to give that. And the thing is, you know, he's, he, I don't know what the deal is with his school. I don't know if he's backing it or if somebody else is backing it. But, man, you know, if if, if you're a, somebody that really wants to be serious and, and get into professional wrestling, I mean, you know, Spike Dudley, that's, you know, he's a guy that can, can show you the way. And the, the thing is, like a lot of people don't understand, too, is, you know, the business is just like so many other businesses where – you know, if, if if you're a banker, for instance, you start off as just like a, a clerk, okay, and then you move up and, and now you become management. Well, how much more about banking do you think you know when you're in management now? You probably know a hell of a lot more than the clerks. Well, wrestling's no different. It's like you cannot get the same kind of knowledge from some jabron that wrestled 20 years and never made it to the dance. You know, and, you know, everybody's definition of that is different. My definition of making it to the dance was I wanted to do it for a living. That was my definition. So, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, if you're an indie guy right now and you're making it on the circuit and that's what you're doing for a living, as far as I'm concerned, you've made it to the fucking dance. Um, I just wanted to be able to call myself a professional wrestler by trade. That's what I do, you know. And I did that for eight years straight in a time when the business was actually on a downslope. And, and so, you know, 
I'm, I'm really proud of that. And, and Spike's the same sort of situation. I mean, this guy, you know, he's been in the business forever. And, um, you know, I make it sound like he's an old man. He's not an old man. But, you know, he's got years under his belt. And even more important, he's got years under his belt in the business. I mean, at the, at the top of the, of the pyramid, the highest you can go, WWE, he's got that experience. So, you, you know, you want to be trained by somebody that, that really can tell you this is what the business is really like. I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. I'm telling you, you know, by experience, this is what I've done. I think that's that's a really important thing to consider when you're you know when you're you're looking at a school and you want to sign up with somebody. Look at who's doing the training. Is it somebody that that's really done it, or is it someone that was trained by the promoter? You know, right now, right now, um, APW they have some some guy like their training kind of bounces around. Sometimes this guy does it. Sometimes that guy does it. Sometimes this guy does it, and none of them are anybody that has been there and done it. You know, and it's like, really, it's it's a shame. I I have to agree with you completely. Uh, we're, we're running a little low on time, Mike. So uh, what we're we're just going to talk about my personal memories of of your work. Um, I don't remember my first the date of my first APW show, but the the one that sticks in my mind was uh, you and Crash Holly, Aaron O'Grady. Um, the minute minute, this was mid ninety seven, and you guys put on a twenty minute, twenty plus minute Japanese clinic, a clinic on pro wrestling, and from that moment on, I fell in love. Not 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 you know, man crush aside, I did fall in love with your work. And can can you talk about the the early matches you had in ninety seven with uh, Crash, um, you know, among others? Well, you know. I, I... I, Roland and I, when we went out to dinner, we were talking about that very match, and we were talking about a lot of matches that took place during that time period. And Roland agrees that that special that special group of guys that we had at that time. I mean, we were ECW on the West Coast. That was we our had, summer of love, Mike. That yeah, was dude, our summer we, of love. Ninety-seven. We had a crew that was so fucking amazing. And one of the things that made us amazing, okay, like Steve Rosano, for example, okay. Steve wasn't a great offensive wrestler. I mean, Steve's moves were not going to really knock anybody's socks off. But Steve could fucking bump. Steve was a strong bumper. And he was always where he needed to be when he needed to be there. You know? So Steve stuck to what made him strong. And Steve was also really funny, could work the stick. And everybody did that. Everybody was able to use their strengths. I mean, we had uh, Jason Clay was one of our jobbers, right? The icon. Right, the icon. I mean, here's a kid that he, he was just a jobber. He never got a push. He never had a great body, never had a great, you know, wrestling outfit or anything fantastic. Wasn't a good-looking guy. Didn't have anything special. I mean, he, he just looked like the classic 80s jobber, right? And, but yet the fans appreciated his ability to put other people over in such a way that they labeled him the icon. Like, that was the fans that did that. We never called him the icon. You know, that was, that was the APW fans. They labeled him that. And, and, and you want to talk about heart, Jason Clay had a bad shoulder, and it came dislocated every fucking match practically. 
and he'd, he'd, he'd just take over for a second, kick the guy a couple times, pop him in the head, and then he'd walk over to the ropes and grab it and pop his arm back in and then finish his match. And, and I mean, we had just some tough dudes, man, and, and great workers, Boo Boo Kamini, um, guys that could work the stick like Kwame Kamozi, uh, Jay Smooth, Tony Jones, um, you know, these, these people, all these guys I'm mentioning are people that everybody else, you know, most people that would listen to this would be like, who the fuck are you talking about? But, but we had a great crew, uh, Max Justice, Spike Dudley, Aaron O'Grady, um, you know, formerly, you know, you crashed Holly before, and, um, and, and Vic Grimes, Joe Applebomber. I mean, we had, we had, yeah, we had a really special crew of guys. And and they all they all stuck together as brothers, man. I mean, I I love every one of those guys I just mentioned. I love them all. And uh, those best memories of the wrestling business, my best memories of the wrestling business, are when when I was with APW and when I was working the Indies. Uh, the the last tour when Donovan and I quit quit Noah, we knew we we were done. We were like, okay, we actually knew we were done like three tours before we were we were like gonna quit. And uh, we worked two more tours, and the, the very last tour, I was like, dude, I can't believe this is it, you know. It, it, it went by so fast, you know, five years, just blink of an eye. And uh, and he goes, yeah, and, I, and he says, I won't miss Japan at all, though. And I, and I said, you know what, I'm going to miss Japan. I said, I'm going to miss the wrestling here. I won't, I won't miss being away from my kids, which now, ironically, I'm living that life anyways, you know, with my wife fucking boot scooting. But I told Donovan, I said, I said, and then I realized, I was like, you know, you know what I miss really bad? And he was like, what? And I said, I miss those intimate, small shows. I miss those, those little shows that we used to do, man. They, man, we toured one time all along the, the Central Valley, all the way down to like Bakersfield, Santa Maria, King City. And we went with this guy named Jonathan Holiday, who was like a nut, like seriously, like he just got out of a mental institution and this other crazy guy that he was in the institution with had money. And Jonathan Holiday, he is he him and this guy Big Brick Bronski got in a fight with Brian Pillman up in Calgary. They were they were they had both worked for uh, the Hearts, and uh, so that was their claim to fame was they got beat up by Brian Pillman. And uh, but this Jonathan Holiday, he was a nut. We we he promoted these shows and we draw ten people, fifteen people. But, man, we had some of the funnest times working with that guy, you know. And so it's like, you know, making it to WWE, TNA, NOAA, a lot of, a lot of those goals that, that we as workers set for ourselves and we say, okay, this is what I want to do. And then you get there and you find that there's no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. You know, you feel like a jackass that's been walking around with a carrot slung over its head you know, following that carrot for miles and miles, and you finally get there, and you still don't get that damn carrot. You know, it's just, it's not everything that everybody thinks it's going to be. I have to agree with you. I've seen, you know, guys come into business, you know, last for 15, 20 years. I've seen guys come in, you know, three matches and leave, and, you know, everybody does it for their own reasons. They have their own goals. Um, But now... I think that the the territorial system will be coming back, and at least up here in Northern California, man, we are blessed. Um, We are blessed. There are so many different companies up here, and they're they're diverse. 
we, we have Pro Wrestling Revolution, which is Gabe Romero's new company. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's heavily lucha lucha oriented, but there's also American style. Um, there there are a few lucha companies out here. Promo Calipas, which you as at Iron have worked with, and yeah. got to put Jesus over. He always puts over puts on fun shows. I have to put Jesus over. Uh, good guy. Uh, there's Kirk White, who's still doing his thing after, geez, how many years? Long time, man. There's Kirk White. <laughs> right. Fog uh, City. Fog City. You know, those are my boys. Um, I've latched on with them. They're considered my, my home promotion now. I've latched on with them. Plus now, they, 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 they did take me off their website, correct? Honestly, Michael, I couldn't tell you. Okay. Because I had heard that they had me on the website still. I'm not supposed to be working that show. The fucking guy wouldn't give me 10 comp tickets. Can you believe that? Uh, I can't answer anything and because he is my sponsor, oh, so I'm not going right. to take myself in a hole. But right. business is a business, and promoters are promoters, and that's all I'm going to say. Right. But, you know, we, we are flourishing up here, and it's great. Um, MPT out there in Orville. I mean, there's all kinds of companies, and there's all kinds of places for guys to work now. And I think it's great. Who's Sal, who's Sal working for coming up? Sal, um, yeah, vacation. Isn't that? I think he's also working a show for for SPW or S something. I don't know anything, Kefe. Okay. Um, yeah, Sal's just coming out here to smoke some pot and hang out with you. Right on. And so, then also, and then also, um, okay. Well, that's cool. I I'm thinking probably a veto. I get the two confused. They look. Damn near alike, except Vito's. Does Vito still have the long hair, or did he shave it yet? Oh, he cut it down. He cut it down. Good for him. God, yeah, he finally looks like a man. That's great. Yeah, when he cut it, my wife got pissed. Uh, my wife was pissed. I told her, I told her, Vito cut his hair. She's like, oh, that asshole. Wait till he comes out here again. And then also, I, I'm, I'm going to give a quick plug. The show may be canceled. I don't know by now. Um, but I'm supposed to be working a show on June 14th at the Alameda High School. And there's two high schools. This is the one that's in the center of, of uh, Alameda, and it looks like a college. It's it's a really nice, big high school. Um, it's not the one that's towards the water. And uh, it, I'm working a strap match against Super Diablo on June 14th. Mm-hmm. I'm there. Let me write that on the calendar right now. Yeah, it'll Modest. be fun. Modest will kill Diablo on the 14th? Yep, with the strap. Awesome, awesome. Well, I mean, it's when I saw that, that and the results from, from March that, that you're back, I, you know, I was like, it's about fucking time. You know, oh, man, I'll tell you what, dude. I am so happy to be back into the Bay Area. It's not even funny, dude. I, I am home, brother. Yeah. I am home. It's wait. I'm not gonna. I'm not knocking anyone, but with you back here, the bar has been raised where guys are gonna have to step their shit up. Because I know if they get in the ring with you and they can't keep up, I know you're gonna put them in line. And there are a couple guys out there on the scene now that I would love to see you in the ring with. And one of those gentlemen would be Brian Cage. Um, I don't know if you've seen him yet, but I'm pretty sure you heard of him. This guy, he's working for everybody, so he doesn't have any political ties. But Brian is a hell of a talent. I think that you and him in the ring would, would uh, be able to work some magic, um, you know, for whomever. Fox you know, City, you know who else I, I, um, 
oh, damn it, I'm drawing a blank with his name. I tagged with him in iron, um, old school, John. Oliver, Oliver, Oliver John. John. Oh, yes. I, I really want to get a hold of that guy. I lost his number. I would love to tag with that guy. We are a brutal tag team, dude. When, when me and Oliver John were tagging in iron, I'm telling you, dude, it's like I feel like part of the Minnesota Wrecking Crew. We are such a strong team because both of us are badasses. You know, both both of us will stretch you. I mean, both, we're 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 confident, strong wrestlers, man. And uh, I really really enjoyed tagging with that guy. So if there's anybody out there wanting to book a hell of a tag team, book Mike Modest and Oliver John. And Oliver, if you're out there, man, give me a call, dude. There you go. There you go. Or go on my MySpace page. There you go. MySpace.com backslash Michael Modest. Nice and yeah. nice easy. Oh, wow. Let me see. Where can we go from here? Oh, all right. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the infamous, unfilmed, the lost footage, Jim Moore show from, from August of 97, you and Vic Grimes. And please tell me, whose idea was it for you to give Vic the T-bone through the door? Through the door? Yes. Oh, Wait, do, I can't even. I, I remember doing it through a door, but was the door on the hinges or was it? It was off. It was off, right? Vic ripped it off. Vic ripped it off. Right. And geez, this was ten, eleven years ago. Fuck, I'm getting old. You know um, what? That that was my idea, and it was spur of the moment. It was because the door had broke, and I figured might as well fucking break it. There you go. It was already a done deal, and so I tossed him and Vic. You know. Like, if I'm wrestling uh, Donovan, let's say, I wouldn't just take liberties and toss him through a door. But I knew Vic would cry and bitch if I didn't T-bone suplex him through a door. There you go. You want to know how crazy that guy is? Okay, here's what happened. Vic wanted to go through a table on fire. And I told Vic, I said, brother, okay, here's what you do. You need to go get lighter fluid, you know. And the lighter fluid, it burns off the table, and and it, it won't you know, like cause an inferno, you know. Instead, he went and got kerosene. And he poured kerosene on this fucking table during our match, right? He likes the table up, dude. I'm no exaggeration. The flame had to be 15 feet. No bullshit. Okay? It lit up like the 4th of July in there. I mean, people were scrambling. I mean, you could feel the heat. I could feel the heat in the ring. And the table's bubbling right? All these bubbles are coming up. And I'm supposed to, me and Tony Jones are supposed to give Vic a suplex through the freaking table. And I, I, I grabbed Vic. Vic. Vic's like, go, go. And I'm like, no, dude. No, we're not doing it. Spot just got canceled. Everybody gets cheated out of seeing you become a weenie roast, right? And, um, but Vic's trying to bump himself through the table. And me and Tony Jones, we're holding his ass down. I mean, Vic could have been the first Supreme. Dude, I'm telling you, it was insane. And then he was so, like, butthurt about it. He was like, I can't believe you didn't let me go through the table. I, I even started on fire and everything. He's a nut. Total nut. And then there's another time I'm, I'm, I'm wrestling. The, you know, he had that toy box, right? Mm-hmm. It, it was like a cabinet in the gym. And... He would keep all of his weapons in there. 
Well, we had this match, and I, I locked it. I put a deadbolt on it. Or not a deadbolt, but a uh, padlock on it. And uh, he ended up getting something and breaking it. And he pulls out this baseball with barbed wire, your baseball bat with barbed wire wrapped around it, right? And in the locker room, he's telling me before the match, he says, Mike, look, can I hit you with this? And I said, no. And he goes, come on, man, I'll be, I'll hit you, I'll hit you soft. I won't even hit you that hard. I said, no, dude, you're not going to hit me with a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire, even if you hit me soft. No, you're not fucking hitting me in the down, you know, head with a baseball bat. And, and he, he actually pouted. Vic's the most awesome guy. I love Vic. But uh, he actually was really upset that he couldn't hit me with a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire. So I, I gave in. And I told him, I said, all right, check it out. You hit me in the back. You can hit me in the gut or the chest. Do not hit me in the fucking head or neck. Because he wanted to hit me in the head. He, you know, he was real confident. And I, I just wasn't all that confident in his abilities not to skull me. Not to, you know, not to have my brains bubbling out of my head. <laughs> Jeez. Unbelievable. Okay. You know, I'm I, I'm really surprised that uh, they didn't carry on the program with uh, with you and Vic, uh, you being the anti-hardcore and and Vic being the hardcore. Um, what, what do you think about that? They did for a while, but the, I, I think the problem was that I really am against hardcore. <clears throat> and I, I think that's the problem. Like very few guys, I think, do it right. Like the whole idea with hardcore is to tease it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I hate I hate it when the boys turn themselves into marks for the fans. When the boys say, oh, well, shit, if I can get someone to pop, I'd gladly have my fucking head crushed in a vice. As long as I, as long as I can keep one eyeball, you know, it's like, who's the jabroni here? Who's the mark? The guy that's that's literally killing himself, you know, um doing things to his body that he's going to really regret. He's going to have concussions where he doesn't remember how to get to a store. You know, I mean, that's, that's that, you know, you're putting yourself in a bad situation. My, my, my thing is, is like there's certain guys like Chris Candido, you watch any of Chris Candido's hardcore matches and, and that's how you work hardcore. You tease it. You don't give them everything. You know, you, you come out of it, not worse for the wear, you know, I mean, and, and some of these guys, they're just willing to do anything for that pop. And, hey, God bless them. I mean, you know, some people, I mean, Mick Foley made a living off of it, you know, and he's he's hardcore, man. I mean, Mick Foley, you can't knock him. You just could not knock him. He's the nicest human being in the world, and he gave his body up, you know, for people's entertainment. And uh, But, you know, for me, that's not really my thing. Well, wrestling is hardcore, Mike. And that's that's it. That's it. I coined that phrase. Oh yes. Oh yes. You know now, that's, uh, that's the way I honestly feel about it. It's like, uh, you know, I, I think some of the most hardcore guys you could ever even think about, you know, were the guys in the NWA during the seventies and eighties. Most, you know, guys, the guys that you know that pioneered at least my generation. They, they pioneered, you know, the way from my generation. Hulk Hogan is hardcore, you know. I mean, that guy, he, he's lived the life, you know, and, and then he's some. that hardcore. 
Right. And then some. And then some. You know, the guy was all over the place, you know, doing everything, appearances, TV, all this shit, and on the road. So, people knock Hulk, but, hey, you know, he was an intricate part of the business, and, you know, he had his spot. And then and, and you know what up. else, you know what else, man? He's one of those guys that never let the business go to his head, at least in my experience with him. I mean, I'm not even trying to say I was friends with Hulk Hogan or anything like that, but I know people that know Hogan as as close friends, like people like Kevin Sullivan. Um, I talk to Kevin a lot, and Hogan's always been really cool to Kevin, always helps him out whenever he can, and, and he, you know, he's, he's good to the other boys. And, and I remember it, it was right around the same, it was actually the same weekend that uh, Savage proposed to Elizabeth up at Arco Arena. Um, Hogan came in, and he drove a limo in, and he, he uh, Brutus Beefcake, and uh, Jimmy Hart all got out of the limo. And I'm, I'm like 19 years old, 18 years old, and yeah, actually I was 18. Uh, and you, you know, I broke into the business. Actually, the truth of the matter is, when I was uh, 18, um, I wrestled for WWE. Uh, we'll be where? Where? Yeah, I believe that was 89 or 90. With hideous hair. What's that? Your oh, hair my hair was oh, fucking oh. brutal. Oh. Brutal. See, that's what long hair does to you. <laughs> Just long hair is not the way to go, folks. You're going to regret it one day. But uh, but Hogan, actually, he got out of the limo, and, and Beefcake walked right by me, and Jimmy Hart walked right by me, and Hogan, for some strange reason, stopped and looked at me and said, Hey, kid, how you doing? He goes, My name's Terry. And he put out his hand, and I, was, I laughed, and I said, yeah, I know who you are. And uh, he goes, he goes, uh, you look nervous. You nervous? And I said, yeah, I'm a little nervous. And he, he said, well, you know how to bump? I said, yeah. He goes, that's all you're going to have to do. If you know how to bump, you're going to be fine. And he gave me a pat on the shoulder and walked away, and I thought, what a cool fucking guy. Here's, here's the biggest name in professional wrestling and he took a second just to make this little jobber kid feel better, you know. And I, I, so as far as I'm concerned, that guy's gold. And that's as far as our friendship goes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike, um, your hour's up, but we are going right to on, man. definitely have to have you on again. It was Sounds my pleasure. Um, right on, Matt. Those, those that are listening, Mike is back in Northern California, and he will – travel, I'm pretty sure. You can hit him on MySpace. You want to book him, contact him, uh, whatnot, myspace.com backslash Michael Modest. Mike, it's been my pleasure, brother. I'd like to have you on again very soon. Right on, Matt. Anytime, bro. All right. Thank you for your time, and uh, you take care now. All right, brother. All right. Sounds good. Bye. All right, guys. That was my personal favorite independent Pro wrestler Mr. Michael Modest. Uh, that was definitely my pleasure to have him on tonight. Uh, we're going into the second hour oh, of KZ's birthday bash. Uh, the second hour is brought to you by our sponsor, FogCityWrestling.com. Uh, Fog City has a hot show coming up on July 5th. They'll be debuting at the Kizar Pavilion in San Francisco off of Hate Street. It should be pretty fun. And my guest at this time is the New York Knockout. Nikki, how you doing, lady? Hey, how you doing? Oh, man, I'm blown up. I just went an hour with Modest. 
I don't know how you talk for that long. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. So how you doing, lady? I, I haven't seen you. I haven't seen you since uh, the last Fog City show. What you been up to? Uh, not much. Same same stuff. Work in training. Work in training. So I'll be up in NorCal cool. a few times this summer. So cool. Are you coming up on the fifth? Uh, yeah, definitely. I'm actually working Morgan from Arizona. Oh, cool. Yeah, it'll well, be fun. I'm really a, excited about that show. It's something different. Um, yeah. I, I first saw you in there with Sumi Sakai, and then yeah. the, the next the next month you were in there with the Disco Machine, and now uh-huh. you have Morgan. So your yep. your your opponents are diverse. Yeah, very yeah. diverse. <laughs> well, you you you. Well, I brought up Disco. Um, uh-huh. You've been in the ring with Disco before that show. Yeah. Um, what do you think of him? Well, I've known him for the five years I've been out here, six years I've been out in Cali, and and uh, he he pushes me to the limit, you know. He he forgets that I'm a chick, which that's what I love. You know, when I wrestle guys, I just like them to treat me equally. And he beats the crap out of me. <laughs> and um, it's a challenge every time I work him. But... Um, you know, we train a lot together. We have the same trainers, and and it's fun working them. So, the time. <laughs> but bless you, yeah, he's a fun guy to, at least at least as a fan in the stands. I don't know how it is to be in the ring with him, but he he is really fun to fun to watch. And, you yeah, know, and he he's is. just just wacky, and you know that guy that kid, that guy's gonna get over huge up here for Fog City. Oh he's yeah, totally. Get over huge. totally. Yeah. Especially with that lap dance that he gave that certain gentleman outside the ring that during his ring. That was pretty gross. Right. Yeah, that was pretty gross. But <laughs> it's San Fran, right? <laughs> hey, now, we're, we're not all like that, girlfriend. <laughs> well, you know what? My original opponent was actually Angel the Hardcore Homo, <laughs> but he canceled out on me, so I, I, yeah, I asked that, that upset me. <laughs> that upset me when, when little, Angel, <laughs> little Angel backed out. That kind of sucked. Cause he, yeah. He, the the new angel is is really fun to watch. Um, oh yeah. The the new angel because he's basically had two careers. He he did the hardcore thing for XPW, and now you know he's doing the the lucha based, the uh, homosexual comedy. <laughs> stuff, which is, hey, he'll last twenty years longer in this business doing that yeah. shit than the hardcore oh, stuff. Oh totally, totally. I completely <clears throat> but, agree. Well, you you brought up Angel. Um, what what do you think of him as a talent in the ring? He's actually like one of my favorite workers to work. Like he he taught me a lot. He's really easy. Like we can go into a match and and just I maybe it's because we just connect. But he's he's just really really good to work with. I feel you know when you trust you know certain people, um, mm-hmm. I definitely trust him with every everything. So yeah, he's I I totally respect him. I think his gimmick's great. I think he totally works the gimmick. <laughs> I don't know if he lives the gimmick, but <laughs> he's he's really awesome at what he does. You know what? It doesn't matter if he lives it or not. <laughs> he's got he's got his shit down. You know, yeah, he he's does. got it down. And yeah, you know, it, it, it's fun. And you know, he he puts the fun back in in watching an indie show. Uh nowadays it could be tough. Um so you work for you work up here for Fog City and down south. See, so you work for Bart AWS, and 
uh, Epic, I'm assuming. Do you still work for Epic at all? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I still work for Epic. I do a lot, a lot, a lot of Lucha shows. Um, Lucha, I still do Lucha Baboom. Um, my trainers are Shamu Jr. and Acero mm-hmm. Dorado. So, they. I mean, I, I do a lot more Lucha. That's probably why, you know, people don't hear about my shows as much. But, uh, you know, I stick, try to stick to the Lucha scene. Oh. Well, that means it. That means you get to work every weekend, though. Oh yeah, totally. Every Sunday, right, in downtown LA. Well, there it is. <laughs> there it is. More work not, for not me. Just, not just in LA. It's going on in San Diego too. Oh, um, totally. Yeah. Have you Have you made any trips down to San Diego for LLII Oscars promotion? Oh yeah, actually, uh, like in March when Lufisto came out, we went down there and then we had a really really good match at his show. So hopefully, you know one day soon. It's just a lot of the Lucha promoters, they don't like girls working guys. They want girls girls and that's kind of where I'm stuck because <laughs> there's not a lot of girls out here. But um, yeah, when Jen comes out again, hopefully we'll be able to do another one of those shows down there. No, they were fun. Good crowd. Well, first off, she is smoking hot. Lefisto is smoking hot. She, woohoo yeah, boy. Awesome. But, you know, there's a reason my wife's not here, but <laughs> yeah, she's, she's really hot, and she's a really talented worker on yes. doing not just the hardcore stuff. I mean, but also going out there and you know and working a match. Um, wh- what do you think of her as an in-ring talent? And I, I don't think she's gotten enough respect and love that that she deserves. Uh, what do you think? It's really funny because um, I actually met her when I went to do um, the LLF in Mexico. And we didn't get to work each other. We just we kind of just hung out the whole time because we don't really do the drinking and partying scene like you know a lot of the other girls do. So we just kind of were kicking it the whole time. And then I didn't see her again till like maybe two or three years later when I was in Japan. Same thing happened. Like we didn't get to work each other, but we just hung out the whole time. So it was cool. So we kind of reconnected, and we were like, you know, we'll try to get each other booking. So. Um, when Gary Yap asked me, you know, what girl would you want to work, like, in, in wherever, from wherever. So I told him, Lufisto, and he and Gary is, like, perfect, and he brought her out, and we got to have a really good match, and and we did San Diego, and she's amazing. She can do anything. She can, American, you know, hardcore, you know, lucha, everything. She's just really, really easy and fun to work with, so... Hopefully now, I get to I'm, work some more. I'm kind of, well, you never know what will happen up here, but you never know who, who the powers that be in Fog City will bring in next for you. Um, you, you never know. Yeah, um, we're, we're working <clears> on it. <laughs> yeah, well, well, from what I hear, that this is pure <laughs> speculation, but they're, the powers that be of Fog City are starting. They want to build up the, the women's division. Um, I think it's important. Um, I don't believe. Okay, I'm going to get heat for this one, but I don't believe in an all-women's promotion. I think that, that a wim- there should be women as an attraction. But that's just me, but I'm old school. So I maybe one day I will grasp the concept of shimmer. One day I may. Um, <laughs> have you gotten any, any feelers, any contacts from uh, Dave Prezak about coming in to work for shimmer? Um, actually, the first time I, I actually contacted him, he was kind of like, overly too many girls on the roster, which was probably about 
like when they first started. And then recently I got in contact with him. He told me to send to send stuff about this time. Like I spoke to him in March, I think. And he said we're we're probably gonna start doing more shows around June or whatever. So he told me to send this stuff because I don't think I was ready to you know, two years ago. I think I've I've really upped my game and my look and my gimmick since then in the past maybe two years. So, yeah, I'm about to send my stuff out to him and see what he thinks, and hopefully I'll get a call back from him. Well, now now's the time to do it because uh, they're they're losing girls left and right either to either the WWE or TNA since TNA is strengthening their their uh, knockout division. Hey, I think yeah. you'd fit in there. But, <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're they're once they once the girls sign their contracts with TNA, they're not allowed to work on any independent shows that are being uh, recorded for DVD for sales. So yeah. they're you know they they've lost uh, cheerleader Melissa. Huh. She's gone. Um, well, there's a name. Have you ever gotten in the ring with Melissa? Oh, absolutely. Uh, earlier in my career, we she's a really good worker, and I'm not to be completely honest. I wasn't, you know, very comfortable <laughs> in the APW locker room as far as like how our matches were put together. And I think everybody, all the workers there, are like super awesome and super cool. And Melissa's like really, really cool. But as far as like the women's matches go out there, it's kind of like we couldn't. We, uh, how do I say this? <laughs> we couldn't. Uh, we didn't have any. Not any say, but we didn't have a lot of say in our matches. It was all mm-hmm. coming from, you know, someplace else. And it was, you know, with me, it's like I have a different career. You know, I'm, I do this for fun. We'll see where it takes me. But if I'm not having fun in a place, then I just leave it because it's not worth it. And like I said, APW, you know, was super cool locker room. I loved everybody but it was just this uncomfortable feeling that was just there so I kind of stopped going up there and um yeah but Melissa is like great to work with hopefully one day I get to work her again we'll see but you know she's she's an awesome chick she's an awesome worker well the the other the other Bay Area product that that's blown up Sarah Del Rey um not a knock on you but I think that she is probably the top indie worker as far as the women are concerned. Um, what are your feelings on Sarah? Oh, no doubt. Like, she, I remember watching her when I first came out here, and I was just like, wow. I mean, she's got amazing talent, and I I also love working her, and I actually miss working her. I wish, like, she was out in California for selfish reasons so I can, you know, still get to work her, but... Um, yeah, I think she's she's awesome and she's a great person too. She's really easy to work with. And uh yeah, we got I actually got to do Japan with her too. I didn't get to work her of course. But, you know, and just to see her like succeed, like she's succeeding, it's it's really cool. But I I do wish that she was back here <laughs> so I can uh do some more shows with her. Well, she's just an amazing talent and you know, she's a beautiful girl, and she's very un undiva like as far as what you see up in New York, with the exception oh, of Mickey James. But you know, and and that's good. 
That's good. Yeah. There should be. I mean, even with even with the gentlemen, there there should be. You know, big, small, skinny, fat, muscular. You know, there there should be different different type of of looks and amazing or you know awesome Kong, whatever you want to call her. She has blown up in TNA, and you know she's no spring chicken. You know, she's a good 280, and she's a big girl. Um, what, what do you think of her work? I don't know if you've ever gotten in the ring with, with Kong, but I, I know you've seen her seen her work. Um, what, what do you think of her as far as, as being, you know, a, a, shall I say a trendsetter for the women? Yeah, I mean, she's she uses what she's got, you know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. we, we can't all be, you know, Christy Hemmies or, like, model-like girls. But you know we use we use our strength, we use our size, and I think she does it perfectly. I think she perfectly fits her gimmick, and I I think, you know I I would love to work her one day. I never got a chance to work her, but um, I think when any wrestler, like a male or female, uses what they have rather than trying to make themselves be something they're not, I think it works better for them. And it took me you know like five years to figure that out. So I think everybody just has to find, you know, who they are and get a good gimmick so they could start working their gimmick more. And I think she's just used what she has perfectly. So that's why she fits in so well, and that's why she gets over so well. Well, she is above and beyond. I mean, she she stands out on that show on Thursdays. It's amazing that, you know, I mean, she's even getting there with the guys now, but or at least it was an experiment, and I, I don't think that they're <laughs> going to continue it because they the, the roster of girls that they have, I mean, up and down, Gail Kim, uh, ODB, who's an amazing talent, again, something different. And, you know, they're, they're actually starting to do things with these girls. Um, have you ever been in the ring with ODB? No, actually, the first time I saw her work was on CNA, and I thought it was like brilliant. <laughs> to tell you the truth, I've never, I, I, I haven't really seen a lot of her stuff. Um, most of these girls, I haven't really seen their stuff. Only on maybe like I've, I've know of them from like Glory Wrestling or something like that. But um, I've never, I, I, I honestly didn't even know who she was until she came out on TNA, and it was really like refreshing to see another girl you know that that doesn't totally fit the model you know mm-hmm. image just kick ass <laughs> she's stone cold with boobs <laughs> yeah totally i mean there you go but you know what there's there's chicks out there that can relate to her you know exactly. so she's exactly. gonna have tons of fans that's right that's right <laughs> well let's uh let's see you've uh i know for a fact that uh that you've gotten in the ring with um, one of my favorite Southern California workers, Little Cholo. Now, oh, yeah. does does he hit as hard as it looks? Pretty much. <laughs> he um, he's also probably. Uh, I worked with WPW a lot last year. I was down at the marketplace a lot, and you know, training down there, and he taught me a lot. And we really we did a lot of fair shows together, and. He um he's he's a I don't know if you know him personally really really great guy really nice guy um and he yeah he he will he's another disco like he won't he's not gonna ease up on me at all 
and that's what I want because, you know, it just makes me a better worker and it makes me stronger. But I actually wrestled him at uh, Epic, and he just killed me. And it was it was a good feeling after the match, you know, after the, you know, the back pain and the neck pain and the the, mm-hmm. the handprints on my chest went away. <laughs> but I, I mean, it was um, brutal. Oh, it was pretty. It was brutal. It was brutal. Yeah, I had I had friends I had friends in the stands and and they said you know you're gonna love this one because the my friends know that I love Cholo and I've always have since the first time I saw him on a on a Martin show, and and the thought of him bullying around. I mean, you're you're taller than him. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, this this the thought of him trying to bully you around would be quite funny. Um, but, um, but he's bigger than me, so I mean, yeah. he's it, not too much little Cholo anymore, is he? No, he's he's not. He's not. <laughs> he's packed on some pounds. But yeah. Okay. But um, yeah, he's definitely definitely a challenge for me and I, I think he challenges me on purpose because he knows that you know I, I can do things sometimes I don't maybe push myself as hard as I should and he kind of pushes me you know over that limit and it was it was a really great match I hope I get to work in well you will hopefully either either for Gary or or one of the many 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 lucha promotions that you work yeah. with you know they're Maybe on so a many Sunday. Of them down there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gonna have to. You'll you'll end up in the same locker room, and you know he'll speak up and say, "Hey, I want to do. I want to work her today." And <clears throat> okay, so you you work the in, the lucha indies, and you've done you've done some shots in Mexico. Um, who did you work with when you were in Mexico? Um. Uh, some Mexican chicks. No, <laughs> uh, I worked for the LLF, which is which is it was a, it was an all women's promotion, of right. course, and um, it was interesting. It was quite interesting. He's asked me back a few times, but it was more so like, oh, can you come back for you know three shows? I mean three months, and it's like I can't. I can't do three months in a row. First of all, I can't live in Mexico for three months. It's not happening. But um, just to you know be there for three months it's just crazy so I know Sarah used to go down there a lot I think and um Jen Lucista used to go down there a lot and same thing she was just like I can't be down there that long but um the girls were awesome uh Dark Angel was working there when I went and um a few other girls I don't even remember some of their names but I think Persephone was one of them and um, Christy Ricci was there, so it was nice to like see a bunch of girls that can actually work because in Cali there's not a lot of those out here, but on the East Coast and, and the South more, that's where the girls come from. So it was it was cool. It was a cool little experience for me, especially being like just starting out in the business. Um, I that I got to go down there. So. Well, you you've said you you said that you've trained with Martine and his boys. Um, are there any any girls ready to come out of the come out of the school, you know, so that you have one more opponent that that you can work? Uh, when I was training there, there were no other other females, and it's really frustrating because everywhere I train, I train a lot of places, and I've had a lot of girls ask me about training, and it's never ever a follow through, you know, like I'll have a girl like 
one particular girl that I could think of keeps asking me, oh, I want to start training again, I want to start training again. All right, I tell her, you know, okay, here's the school, there's a school, I'll be here at this time. And, you know, they don't show up, they don't, because these girls just want to, a lot of the girls just want to be in the spotlight, you know, and they want instant gratification, and they don't realize that you have to work your ass off, you know, to, to be safe in the ring and to put on a good show, and they just want to do it right away. And then, you know, they'll do it a couple weeks, a couple months, and then they'll just they'll just kind of lose interest because they never were an actual fan. So any girl that I've seen so far that has been in any of my, like any classes that I've taken, they never really last. And it's a shame because I wish, I wish I had more girl workers. And I'm sure like, you know, Candice would completely agree with me on this because she, you know, she lives out here. And we, we hardly have anybody to work because girls are constantly, you know, flaking. So well, that's how I feel about that. <laughs> you, you, you mentioned Candice. Um, I saw her a few months back against Gail Kim up here, and, and they tore it up. It was probably the best match on the show. And I haven't seen Candice... In a straight women's match, it's you know it's always been uh, the goofy stuff with with tornado and and all that other stuff. But what what do you think of Candice as as a worker? Um, she I think she's great. I think you know she's she's got the talent. She just I don't I don't know where her head's at as far as the business because she does. I feel like she does CWG, but I feel like she can do be doing so much more, like with her talent. So I don't I don't know if she's trying. I don't know what's going on with her, but I love working her. I think that, um, and it sucks because a lot of promoters are like, oh, we always see you and Candice. You and honestly, like I don't work her all that much, you know. So, um, but when I do work her, you know, she's awesome. She's awesome, and she's got a lot of talent. And I, I wish she would do more shows. I don't, I don't really know what's up with that, but um, she's probably the only consistent girl that I've seen since I started working out here. So, hopefully, you know, more promoters will start booking us, and you know, in a match, and hopefully, maybe she'll come out to Fog City and do a San Francisco show. I think that'd be awesome, and and she's really, really fun to work she's and she's little and she's light so I could throw her around <laughs> but she's she's really good and she could take a freaking beating you know she's she's totally proved herself that she could take a beating all, all you have to do is is tie her up and put her in the trunk and it's only what six and a half seven hours up oh totally yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know um the the show that that I saw her work Gail Kim she wasn't even booked she was in the car on the way up with uh Kazarian and the Ballards. She wasn't even booked. She came to she the show. She got lucky then. Yeah. Tracy Brooks couldn't make it, so she replaced her, and they had the match of the night. Awesome. Goes to show you indie workers, you never know. Oh, yeah, you always bring know. your gear. It's the first thing I thought. Always thought. bring your gear. Hmm? Exactly. Always bring your gear. <clears throat> so working, working alongside the guys for Fog City, um, how let me see how can I word this? I don't want to get myself in trouble um <laughs> have they because <laughs> they are one of my sponsors so have they been working with you 
as far as building the women's division around you? And after well, you it's um I got into Fog City with uh Black Pearl. I started actually training at Rick Drazen's place and uh that's where I met Reno and and he's like, Oh, there's this new promotion in San Fran, you gotta come out and you know, I, I, I we need women and da 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 so I was like, Oh totally, you know, it sounds like fun. Plus the logo was like a lucha mask, so you know, I'm a mark. Blue but, demons but uh, gray and black, but anyway. Yeah. Oh yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um so when I went up there, you know, Sumi Sakai, we had a really fun match and and then um you know, Dom wanted to book me for the next show, so I was trying to figure out who I wanted to work and after Disco's after I wrestled Disco, Dom Dom had texted me, he said, you know, I'm starting to ref- to refer to you as the first lady of Fox City and I, I just got a kick out of that. But I guess it's because I was just one of the first girls that worked there. But uh, hopefully, yeah, that'd be great because then I can just like, hopefully he'll like fly in opponents for me so I get to wrestle like a whole bunch of different girls. But that'd be awesome, you know. I hope they build a women's division. But um, I think I'm really excited about the whole thing. So I'm predicting that it'll be a pretty solid women's division. So, for the last two Fog City shows, um, what 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 was the vibe? How how did you feel in that building? Because I was there for both shows, and it was just truly an amazing thing. And what what was your feeling in the building? Um, the only time I get I I we get crowds like or I get crowds like that is that at, let's say, like, Lucha Vavum or Lucha shows where a lot of the fans, and I'm not ragging on, like, American fans. I think, you know, like, New Hall's great. Like, a lot of places I've been are great. But some places are just kind of like, oh, she bumped wrong or she's fat. Or, you know what I mean? Like, like mm-hmm. they're not looking at the ma- the match. They're just nitpicking at everything because they're a bunch of marks and, you know, they, they think they know everything about everything instead of sitting back and enjoying something. They have to totally rag on it. And it's nice to, to be in that vibe where just everyone is just happy that they're being entertained, you know what I mean? And they just appreciate the people that are in the ring and put, trying to put on a good show for them because that's why we're there. So that's the vibe I get. I mean, the adrenaline is just pumping, you know, and it, it's that's the best because if you, you know, mess up or or just get – Effed up in the ring somehow, you just you can keep going because of all those people that are behind you. You know whether you're a heel or a face, or they're booing you or cheering you. It's like it's a really great vibe. It's very like the the place is small, so people are like up close. You know what I mean? So um, I love it. I love that crowd. It's probably I've worked there twice. It's one of my favorite places to work, or one of the best places I worked. And Reno actually referred to it as like an ECW vibe, and um. You know these these people are, are fans. They're awesome. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that that building, the cell space is is totally amazing, and I, I'm a little upset that they're they're changing venues, but I, I don't know. I'm kind of hoping that they do this the the Keysar venue every three months, build to it, do fog uh, do the cell space as a regular thing every month. Uh, it it did remind me of of the ECW arena. It really did, and it it was it was 
painted black, and it, it was just awesome. I mean, from top to bottom. And you know, I'm not putting them over because they're my home, my home company. They're because they're my sponsor. It's they. If it wasn't for that company, I would not have fallen back in love with independent pro wrestling. I yeah. disappeared for five some odd years because it was so dry up here, and I just got sick of the crap up here. And now there's actually a scene back. There is a scene back up here. Uh, it's unbelievable, and and I mean we have everybody up here. We we have we have the the ladies coming up. We we have all kinds of different people up here, and it's it's good stuff. Um, and I mean there's lucha up here. You know we yeah. had good lucha up here for years, years. And you know this place used to be a hotbed. This was a regular tour stop in '93 and '94 for AAA, and during the hot hot uh, Gringos Logos times. And I mean, I got to see those guys live up close, and you know now it's. I, I know the business goes in cycles. I understand that, and you know we're back on an upswing up here. And and to, to be honest, I'm proud of what the guys at Fox City are doing, and plus the other promotions here. Um, have you gotten any any contacts to work any other promotions up here? Actually, it's funny you say that because just today um, I got an email. For NAW, because mm-hmm. um, I actually met Mike Rain when he was down here doing Epic, and and he uh, w- had the privilege of kicking my ass <laughs> at Epic, and um and he asked me to do one of his shows. He's like, yeah, you should come up, and and you know during the year to do a Sunday show up in up north, it's hard for me because I work during the week, mm-hmm. but now it's my summer break, so. Uh, you know, I'm probably going to be out there hopefully in July. I think July 13th is the date. So I'm really excited about that. I do want to kind of start doing um, NorCal shows again. I also was contacted by BTW to do a couple of shows in July, but then they had it booked. And so hopefully, you know, in the future I'll get to do that again and a lot more shows up there. Because I, I do like the NorCal scene. I do. I mean, it gets boring down here sometimes, you know, just doing the same venues, so it's it's fun going up there and doing road trips and stuff like that. I kind of miss that a little bit. So hopefully, Don't even get me started. <laughs> what? <laughs> I I I have my own issues with SoCal. Uh, a lot of people oh. <laughs> seem to think that that SoCal ends at Los Angeles and it doesn't. It goes all the way down to the Mexican border. There there is a scene down there in San Diego, and you know it's upsetting. But that's that's neither here nor there. Um, you, you've helped with the San Diego scene as well. You've worked for Oscar. Um, first off, that ring that you worked in with Oscar, did you think it was a stiff ring? Honestly, I don't remember. <laughs> okay. uh, I remember it being big, but I don't remember. I don't really remember it. Yeah, it is a rather large. I think it's 18 by 18, I think. But, uh, well, the the reason I ask is because my other sponsor, WrestleWarehouse.com, owns that ring. So, uh-huh. you know, I, I, I like to I like to rib Jeff. Oh, <laughs> being, being overly stiff and, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's all, all fine and dandy, but, <clears throat> excuse me. So uh, what do you have coming up before you come up north for Fog City? Um, Let's see here. <laughs> 
I have a show on Saturday, a lucha show on Sunday. Yeah, pretty much now. (laughs) Uh, I have Epic coming up, Epic next Saturday. And then the next week I actually have a lucha show in Indio that I'm looking forward to. Then I'll be doing AWS that Sunday. And um, I'm actually shooting over to Arizona July 1st to do one of their shows. I try to get out there once a year for IZW, for uh, Navajo Warrior promotion. So, yeah, and then, oh, and Lucha Vavum, hopefully. I'll be in Lucha Vavum. You'll see me there. So, yeah, that's. I got about five or six shows before Dom, before Fox Jeez. City. You're busy. It's okay, though. It's okay. It's a good time. Wow, you're 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 busy and you're putting in the putting in the work and well, you know, it's good it's good to see that that you're able to get that many bookings, you know, with I'm I'm assuming that these are repeat bookings. Like you uh, work for Lucha Baboom and and the the Lucha promoters are those uh, repeat bookings by where you're working for the same guys? Well, you know, I work for um I train with Shamu Jr., so I don't. I'm not really sure who the promoter is for the Indio show. Um, probably I've worked with them before. I don't know, but the guy who's getting me the booking I've worked with before. Yeah, I've, done, I've worked with Bar. I've worked with not uh, Navajo. I've worked with yeah, basically everybody. So tremendous, tremendous. Yeah. Well, Nikki, I'm gonna have to pop you off the line. Um, oh no, it problem. was my pleasure. Um, how would uh, promoters uh, be able to get in, get in contact with you, get 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 you booking information, and all that other stuff. My MySpace, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, slash NY Knockout. There it is, the first lady of Fog City. Oof, yeah. Wow, that's pretty cool. Well, while while I have you on the air, we're gonna we're gonna set out shoot out another plug. That would be FogCityWrestling.com. Uh, July 5th, come on out and see Nikki. She's going to be getting it on with Morgan from Arizona. And I'm assuming that's she's one of Nob's girls, correct? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay, cool. <clears throat> I just I didn't want to make a fool of myself. But, <laughs> but Nikki, thank you for coming on. It, it was definitely my so pleasure. It was, it was a fun 40 minutes. Yeah. Um, if I don't see you before or if I don't hear from you before July, Good luck and and be safe, and I will definitely see you on July 5th. All right, thanks. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Thanks for coming on, Nikki. Take it easy. All right, thanks. Take it easy. Bye. All right. Uh, Hey, guys. That was the New York Knockout Nikki. Um, Very interesting. Um, I knew that she did the Lucha thing, but I didn't know that she did that much of the Lucha thing. Uh, We were supposed to have Baby Slim on, but uh, I, um, if I'm be honest, I failed to contact him, so... Doesn't look like we're gonna have Slim on. Uh, what we're gonna do is we're gonna cut the show off here. Uh, I've got a massive headache. Um, that's it. We're gonna cut off the show now, so we're gonna cut it short before the two hours. So uh, once again, FogCityWrestling.com, July 5th, and WrestleWarehouse.com. Uh, come out, support your friends. Um, come out, see me. I'll be there in the house, July 5th. For all the lineups for Fog City, FogCityWrestling.com, uh, WrestleWarehouse.com, and that should do it. I'm out of here, guys. See you all next week. <laughs>